When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Alex Stump in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's Chris Halleck out in Latrobe covering the Steelers right now. This is what happens whenever you have the guy split up between the two. And Chris, I, it's it's trade deadline season. It's it's signing deadline season for the draft. What could possibly be more important between these two beats right now? Um, I don't know because, like, I'm I'm right now. You say Latrobe, and the first thing that came to my mind was there are probably people listening to the podcast right now who are saying you should have said Latrobe. So that's probably what Latrobe. Oh boy, man. <laughs> this is why I am on the Pirates beat. I go to Bradenton because you cannot say any other way. Oh yeah. Trade deadline seasons coming up, signing deadline seasons. I mean, we're in the season, but the deadlines themselves are coming up. Um, and it's a special birthday present for me because the trade deadline is normally July 31st. And this year it's August 2nd, and that is my birthday. So trade deadline day is my birthday. So, Chris, here's what's going to happen. 2023, hmm. your birthday, we're, we're going to celebrate and like every year moving, moving forward because that is a great day. Like a day or two after the trade deadline is the best day in baseball mm-hmm. because everyone's there everyone you don't have to bother all your sources like what's going on what's going on what's going on it's like no it's Mm -hmm. it's done it's over you can all breathe there's no waiver wire trades anymore just relax and here's the new prospector here's the new major leaguer like there you go we're good and and speaking of it's done it's over termar johnson he signed it's done it's over right you were there I, I was there. Yeah, this is it, Thursday night. We're all waiting for Derek Shelton in the press conference room. And whoop, I, 
that's Jamar Johnson, you know, walking down the, the hallway at PNC Park. That's interesting. But yeah, hmm. he was get he went to the game. He caught he missed the first part of the game. He was there for the good half of the game, where you know it was actually an interesting last three or so innings. Got to take his physical Friday. The deal is done. The Pirates have the best hitter in this past draft locked up. I'll be honest. I don't know how much we have to say that we haven't said or what hasn't been written so far. Mm -hmm. There's a new fresh piece actually on the site if you haven't caught it yet. But going into the rest of this year, Mm -hmm. selfishly, what would you like to see from Tamar before the end of this year? I mean, just... I guess just with any draft pick, just just being able to get acclimated and get into the to to the professional baseball setting, um, getting his feet wet that way. Whenever next season comes around, um, and, and it's time to go wherever the Pirates want want to send him, whether it is Bradenton or you know wherever, um, there are no surprises, you know, or or very little. I want to say no surprises, little surprises like. He kind of that that way, that part of it, you know, the the stuff that you have to deal with um, when you go to the clubhouse every day, when you're on the road, all the little things that 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 rookie professional baseball players have to have to learn how to deal with that that come with the learning curve on top of everything that they have to concentrate on and worry about when they're in the batter's box or in between the lines. That way, that all that stuff is kind of already set aside. So, just anything that they can do to to get his feet wet, to get him as immersed into the professional professional baseball setting as possible, because this is a really important pick. Because, as we talked about in the last podcast, there are a lot of swinging for the fences, I guess, on this. Like hoping that these guys, I mean, if these are high floor guys, you know, this is a draft that maybe they really, really need Termar Johnson to really, really pan out here. And they need to do everything they can to, to really make sure that he is, he is ready to go. Uh, and I just want to see however they can get him as immersed as possible. Do that. I mean, just, just so that he can go into next season, ready to hit the ground running with the, the, the best possible, just not, not having to worry. Like, like I said, not to repeat myself or anything, just not having to worry about all the other little things uh, that, new baseball players or new professional baseball players have to worry about and adapt to. He's already got a head start on that. Yeah. And and that would be, that would be the, the thing just for me, just anything you can to, to take care of him and make sure that he is, is ready to go. That way he can concentrate on the things because his bat is so special, take care of everything so that he can be able to step in the batter's box and do what he does best. Yeah. And to build off of that, I, I had an interesting conversation with Bubba Chandler that I put in an insider. And one of the things that really stood out to me was him saying that I I'm glad I spent so much time in ex- extended spring training, that I spent so much time at Pirate city. I learned some things about my body, about my routine, how to go about being a big leaguer that I don't know if I could have done as, you know, just if I had gone straight to Bradenton. Yeah. And w- with that in mind, I, I, I don't want tomorrow to be in Bradenton. As, as long as Bubba Chandler was. There are right. a lot of factors that led to Bubba Chandler being there for so long. Most importantly, that he's a two-way player. With that in mind, I personally, 
do not would not take an issue if he spends the rest of this year at Pirate City. Not I, which which is maybe maybe a little surprise a couple of people who've been listening to this for a while and be like challenge the guy let him go through like no he he's a really important player I, he's got so much you know excitement and energy right there not to say you have to hold it back or rein it in but like make sure he's ready these next couple months are going to be arguably the most important of his professional career because this is where he's going to learn his routine this is where yeah. he's going to learn how to actually be a professional baseball player as much as I would, as a fan of the game of baseball, love to see a high-level draft pick make it to the Marauders and you know set himself up for a promotion to Greensboro sooner rather than later in 2023. Mm-hmm. Get the foundation right. That's the most important thing that could happen right here. And I, I'm sure it's going to yeah. – it sounds like that's what the Pirates are, are going to do. He's going to spend a lot of time there. Figure everything out that he needs to there. That's the most important. This is the most important, you know, stretch of his professional career. In my opinion, get the foundation set. That's what needs to be done right now because, look, we know this. We know the ceiling. And my, my goodness, I, I don't know how to yeah. say something like this without <laughs> just saying it point blank. But whatever he did batting practice, he did batting practice uh, in shorts and you look and it's like, oh, that's where his power comes from. You, you just see these like tree trunks of legs. <laughs> right there. It's like this guy is built like a ball player. You can see where his power comes from and you see the swing and there's so much that's just. This guy could be a really special player. Mm-hmm. Like as, as much as I got about, you know, Henry Davis and how I think he's the future captain of the Pittsburgh Pirates. This guy has a chance to be the best player on the pirates. Like he could be at that same level as like an O'Neill Cruz or, or Hayes, if he learns to hit consistently, just mm-hmm. he could be something special. So don't rush it. Don't rush it no. as, as much as it pains to say. Uh-huh. Well, and the, the, the difference here is, and you know, Henry Davis is a good example and I, I'm covering the range, you know, for me covering the Rangers and they've been on a kick of drafting college players in the first round the last few years. It's a totally different dynamic when you draft a kid out of high school versus a guy coming out of college, you know, guy coming out of college is more polished and you can afford to kind of put them on the fast track a little bit more because they just have more baseball under their, you know, that they've dealt with better coaches, you know, in college, especially, especially, you know, if it was a player, you know, at a, at a really good college with a really good baseball program, you know, it's, it's, a, it's completely different than taking a kid out of high school, even if it was a really, really good high school or a really good prep school or, you know, whatever it was. It's, it's still a different dynamic when a kid is, you know, as young as Tamar's is coming out because yeah, you, you, there's no reason to rush him because is he going to be on the pirates in next season? No. Is he going to be on the pirates in 24? No. 25 still probably not like like 25 wouldn't shock me though no i'm not saying it would no it wouldn't shock me but if i were a betting man if somebody was like holding a gun no. in my head and say well no. tomorrow johnson right, be yeah. on the pirates in 25 i'm saying probably not no 26 yeah i'm probably you know but but you know but the the, the point is that when this team is hopefully hopefully uh, you're really going to stress there. Hopefully, starting to really turn a corner and take advantage of a weak NL Central. 
Tamar Johnson's not going to be on the team at that moment because hopefully O'Neill Cruz has blossomed into a really good player in the next year or two. And Key Brian Hayes is taking the next step. And hopefully Brian Reynolds is still here. David Bednar is the, you know, a, a big arm. You know, other guys have really established themselves in the Pirates, have built themselves a nice, nice core of players. And by the time guys like Quentin Priester, Mike Burroughs, and Henry Davis, and all those guys are here, you know, Termar Johnson is going to be part of the next group that follows. So why rush them if you're talking about, especially with a with a organization like the Pirates that's not looking to start a guy on the opening day roster when he's about to begin the service time. So why rush? Let him, let him, like you said, build the foundation, get him, you know, just get him ready you know, and, and let, let that bat grow the way it needs to grow throughout the minor league system. Let it develop the way it needs to develop that way. Whenever he is ready to make it to the major leagues, he is as polished as possible. And he's ready to go because whenever you have the kind of hit tool that he has, man, it can be really, really special. And there's no need to rush it whatsoever. That in mind, we're, we're going to take a break here. And while we're on the subject of infielders of the future, let's talk a little bit about Hayes whenever we get back to it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Chris, I, I know you're new to the beat here, but it seems like you've had a couple really fruitful, good conversations with Key Brian Hayes. And I, I, I just had one Thursday talking about his hitting, and he's an interesting guy to try to get a grasp on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because He's not satisfied with his offensive output at the moment. Mm-hmm. In fairness, whenever he was, you know, tearing it up for the first two months, but, you know, a couple of those barrels were turning into long flyouts or doubles instead of homers. He wasn't really that satisfied back then, but it, it's a different thing to be like, I'm doing really well, but I could be doing better versus I'm out of sync. Something's not right right now. Mm-hmm. Not really working. And He's definitely in the latter category right now. It's still a good season, really good season. Like baseball reference has him at like 2.9 war. And this kind of feels like his floor as a baseball player that he's going to, that in a year where he doesn't, he's not on pace to hit 10 home runs. He's Mm -hmm. on pace for like a 90 OPS plus, just not really having that good a year overall at the plate. 
that he can still be an impact player because of his defense. And that's, that's good. And that's a high floor. And that's what makes that contract such a, in my opinion, a, a really good contract for the pirates yeah. moving forward. But whenever you look at the offense, I, I know the answer here is he needs to hit because of just what he means to this team. But are, are you concerned? With these last two months of like what the actual product or results have been, I mean, you 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 didn't get to watch him the first couple of months of the year to to actually see, you know, mm-hmm. what what it was like whenever he was you know really clicking. Right now, you've kind of gotten him whenever he's been lunging. I, I talk about it in my piece, he or he talks about it in, in the piece I wrote about how you know his mechanics aren't feeling mm-hmm. right how he's just out of sync how he wants to be a better situational hitter how he's wanting to do blank blank and blank better and it's just not right now how concerning is that or how concerned should we be i don't think that it's at at, at any moment now where fans need to be really worried about like oh he signed the big contract uh he's not performing well oh my god it's time to it's time to panic. We're going to be, we're going to be, this is going to be an albatross, you know, whatever. I don't think we're anywhere near that. And I really don't mean to keep going back to my time covering the Rangers because this is a completely different ball club, but I, I find parallels here. And there's a parallel here with a player that plays for the Rangers, Nathaniel Lowe, who from my time covering him, it seemed like the main thing that he needed to do in order to really take that next step offensively was to be able to hit the ball in the air more often. And so I asked questions about like, how, how do you do that? And, you know, you get different things, you get different things about approaches, you get different things about pitch selection and, you know, a lot, a lot of the more generic things that you hear hitters talk about and, and it's kind of hard and it just goes off of, and, and a lot of things go back to hitting is hard and it is, I mean, hitting a baseball, is the hardest thing to do in sports. Um, the difference there is whenever I look at a player like Nathaniel Lowe, who if he starts hitting the ball in the air more often, he becomes a more dangerous threat where with key Brian Hayes, if he starts hitting the ball in the air more often, he's a, borderline MVP candidate. He's, he's an because, all-star if he hits like he did the first two months of the season a whole year. Be, yes, because he barrels the ball so often that it's just like, man, if he were to raise his launch angle by not, not even that much, so many line drives, probably a lot of balls in the gap, also probably some, some hard line outs, but you'll deal with the hard line outs as long as they also, you know, as long as they also produce, it kind of evens out with, you know, doubles or, you know, down the, or into the gaps or hard hit singles, you know, down, you know, down the left field or right field lines, you know, whatever. And the great thing about Key Ryan is that he can hit the ball to all fields. It just seems like that's like the one thing that he's got to figure out. And the great thing is, is that he has the bat to ball skills that a guy like, that I that I covered before Nathaniel does not have. It just simply does not have. So he has a lot of other things working for him that even whenever he's not producing at a level that he knows he should and that others expect him to, he still has so many other good traits about his approach, about his ability at the plate, that it's like 
it, it might just take that one last thing to click figuring out, okay, is it just pitch selection or is there one little thing that I can tweak with my mechanics that allow me to add some more backspin to, to, to pitches that are a little bit lower in the zone, whatever it is. I'm not hitting coach. I'm not going to try to pretend to be a hitting coach and say, oh, that's what he's got to do in order to figure it out. I'm going to leave that to the powers that be to figure that and keep Ryan himself to figure that out. But it just seems like with all the other things that he does well at the plate, even when the, the numbers aren't showing it, that when he does figure it out, it can be really, really dangerous. And I feel like it's just that one little thing away is just getting the ball in the air more often. It's not hitting fly balls. Just raising that launch angle just a little bit because right now it's a lot of balls going just straight into the ground, and that's obviously not going to bear a lot of fruit. Um, you start hitting a little bit more line drives, you know, more often. We're looking at a guy who can easily bat three hundred, and I mean, the sky's the limit, really, especially with how how good he is defensively. So I just think it's it really is just one thing. So I. I and I've asked him about it, and he's told me a lot of the same thing as pitch selection because I covered a game with him in Milwaukee. And the game, the one game in Milwaukee, he had three hits. Two of them were the opposite field, and they were all off of elevated pitches. He hits elevated pitches really, really well. That's great. You know, and so pitchers are going to figure that out, and they're going to start pitching him differently. Like, well, we're not going to throw you anything elevated. So it's going to be – it's that cat and mouse game, and it's just that ability to be like, okay – how do I get the ball in the air but not pop out or anything like that whenever they do throw me the sinkers down or whenever they do throw me the change-ups down and I can't get under them enough where I can hit line drives? I think that's just just the one thing that I think he's, he has to figure out. And the good thing is, is that he has enough ability at the plate where he can figure it out and it's not anywhere near time to freak out about, you know, the, and, and the good thing is, is that now is the great time for him to to try to figure it out because it's not like the Pirates are in the middle of a pennant race and they need him to produce. Yeah. So now is the time to figure it out. And I think that that last point actually does work against him sometimes. Like if, if he was on a team that was in a pennant chase right now, like if he was – I'll just use the Astros as an example. If he was mm-hmm. in Alex Bringman's shoes right now, he would yeah. be batting seventh or eighth. And in, in which case no one's really – well, not no one, but the – that you know not being at the same level as the glove right now or mm-hmm. even being you know a little below average league wide it, it, it's not going to be a big deal yeah because they're just going to see the end product of the no this guy has three war through four months he's a he's a good baseball player he makes our team better which hayes does he uh, if you take nothing else from this segment it's hayes makes the pittsburgh pirates a better ball club yes and there are some things with the offense that I, I mean, you're right. It is going to come down to can he get the ball in the air more often? That is such an important part. And I, I also bring up the pull, pull his fly balls and line drives more. But we know that he, you know, prefers to go to that right center gap. And if he's mm-hmm. really just peppering the ball there, you know, using the whole field, that's probably the best version of him. Yeah. You know, and. I, I put it in the article and I hope those moments do come through whenever I do have a conversation about it, because he's a very, he is very aware of how his body should be moving and what he should be doing at the plate. He's a very 
and it, it, it's it's a cerebral you know type of thing he's, he's very intelligent in knowing i'm doing this with my body i shouldn't be doing this like Mm-hmm. I and there there is one thing between recognizing that and being able to do it consistently right there. I mean doing your mechanics consistently and doing everything that you're supposed to be doing right like that's that's such a huge part of it and mm-hmm. he's so strong that even whenever he gets out of sync he can drill a ball but it ends up being five feet in front of the pitcher's mound and it's like well that's not really going to do a whole lot right. in, at the mm-hmm. end of the day so it's you've got moments like that he's very aware he's very smart like i i I think someone like andy haynes is a good hitting coach for him Mm because i feel like what hayes really looks for and what haynes can provide like the the, those two skill sets that they cover they they fill each other out nicely Mm -hmm. there so in i I know nobody wants to really hear about (laughs) And like any hitting coach defense when right now, whenever they've what scored two or fewer runs into all but <laughs> one game, maybe two what? since the all-star break. It's it's not <laughs> it's not been a good stretch at by any stretch of the imagination right now. But no, I I think what Hayes is able to do is going to be a big part of how do you assess Andy Haynes as a hitting coach. Not to put mm-hmm. all the eggs into one person's basket, but that's a big one because the pirates need Hayes to be at least an average hitter. Whenever this lineup gets filled out more and Cruz isn't batting seventh and you have a Pagero or, or someone, and you actually have six or seven legitimate major league bats in the lineup, as opposed to right now where my goodness, you've, you've got Hayes and Gamble and Cruz has a high upside and Kevin Newman, it's making me crow at the moment. Like he's been hitting the ball really well, you know, <laughs> since coming off the IL, he has, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not too big enough. To, I'm not going to pretend I'm too big to admit that, you know, he's just absolutely shoving right now because he is There's yeah. the reason why he's batting lead off in, in the everyday lineup, but you need more legitimate bats in the lineup. And maybe that helps him out where he doesn't have to have the pressure of being the big bat of if he doesn't hit that, the offense probably isn't going to hit. And I, I think that home run he hit Friday, not to put too much emphasis on one swing, but he gives me that insight. And I watch that swing. It's like, I don't see a lunge. I don't see him leaning towards one way. And that was a ball that was center, that center of the plate that he was able to mm-hmm. drive to the opposite field. And yeah, it was the contact point a little deep probably. And that's why it went out that far. But there was a time where he, that ball would have seemed inside to him because of how he was positioning his body, what his posture was. That's a really important swing. And yeah. if you, I think that's the type of swing that you look at, like something's clicking for him. He's a smart hitter. He's going to figure some stuff out. He's going to learn more about himself as the year goes on. It's a long process. Though. Yeah. But I, I mean, we, well, we're just going to be beating a dead horse whenever we talk about like what he could be. And if he doesn't reach that next level, going back to the original argument, he's still an impact player. He's still an impact player, a good player on a team that needs impacting good players. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I know like new SDI rankings will be coming out soon. And I mean, I haven't seen anything that's going to make that, that would make him seriously drop off 
So, I mean, I know he had like the one game where he had like two errors or things like that, but one I mean, of those wasn't even his fault. I, I know. I, 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 I feel know. like I should go through all the errors and be like, because there were a handful that he did botch early on in the year. But since then, it's kind of like, how many errors does this guy actually made that he I know really deserves? And that's why you need something other than fielding percentage to to decide gold gloves. And it's why it's unfair that a guy like Jack Wilson never won a gold glove because right. of all the... Yeah, because you look at all of the other things that if he, if Jack Wilson would have played in this era of baseball where SD, like SDI rankings and all the other factors that go into deciding gold gloves, Jack Wilson would have won a gold glove because they take into, into account. I mean, there's a reason why that we have stats like outs above average and, and, and everything like that just because they do play a big role in that go way beyond, you know, does how many errors does this guy make? How many plays does he like, man, how many plays does he make that nobody else in baseball makes? Like, and that that's the thing with key Brian Hayes is that his defense is just that good where you're right. If he is an average hitter, he's very, very valuable to the team, especially as the lineup gets deeper and deeper and deeper as they continue to add pieces from the farm system that hopefully turn into major league hitters. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I still don't think we're anywhere near the time right now to start really worrying about a guy like he, Brian Hayes. I don't care what struggles we've seen at the plate this year. He is still young enough to figure things out. And again, it's really just one thing that he's got to figure out because once he figures that out and, well, and if, I mean, if he figures it out and once he does, it, it could, I mean, we're talking about a really, really special player here where all of a sudden that contract is like, I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> so, no, it, it's a, it's nowhere near panic time yet. The panic go. button, the panic button is as relevant as Yu Chang is on the Pirates roster right now. Yeah, okay, okay. We, we got the Yu Chang reference in there. We didn't last week. We did it last week. I had to, I had to force that one in there, but it it it, it at least plays a little bit. <laughs> Unlike Yu Chang is doing right now for the Pirates. <laughs> is he still with the race? I think so. I honestly don't know. I'm covering Steelers training camp, watching the Pirates from afar. I and no why idea. aren't you watching Yu Chang? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the title. No, no, we, we've done the Yu Chang one once. We can't do it again. <laughs> Why aren't you watching Yu Chang? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't oh. have to be the title, but that would be so good. <laughs> so we'll say something title worthy in the third segment here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. Chris, what is the baseball equivalent of football and shorts oh god oh man uh the baseball equivalent of football and shorts is is it like taking the first batting practices at, at pirate city not even like live bp like we I, uh, you get a double a bench coach out there yeah I, i'd probably say live bp maybe i yeah yeah, may, maybe, maybe it'd be live BP just because, you know, it's, it's, yeah, pitchers they're working on, yeah, they're still trying to f- figure, you know, figure out some of that. And, and 
they're not even, the freaking some pitchers, they're not even trying to figure out certain things with their pitches. They're just trying to get back in the routine of like getting their bodies loose and getting used to throwing pitches again. And like, oh, I worked with this certain grip this offseason. Let me see how it looks when I'm actually throwing to somebody who's in the batter's, somebody who's actually in a, in a batter's box. They don't care about like where it goes or trying to get them like I have to throw a strike here. Let's want to see how this pitch looks at, at this moment when there's an actual batter in the batter's box. And then for batters, they're just trying to get their timing down. So yeah, I, I'd probably say it's the same thing because like when a quarterback is throwing, you know, a specific football, you know, a specific pass on a specific route to a specific receiver, it's not that they're I have to get a first down here. It's like. I am trying to figure out what exactly I can get away with when I'm trying to hit Chase Claypool in traffic. Can I make this type of throw and can he go up and get it? Now is the time for me to throw the interception in case it doesn't work out instead of in week one when I'm playing the defending AFC champions in their stadium. So, yeah, I think YVP is a pretty good equivalent. That's what I'd say. And we we watched Tamar Johnson do live BP in shorts on on Friday. So there you go. That baseball baseball in shorts. shorts. Okay, baseball that, that's the, shorts. That's the title right there. Baseball right, there in shorts. Go. There we go. We we found it. We found it. Literally the last words we started to say before we started the plug to say thank you for listening to this episode. This is called the call to action part of the episode where we call you to subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, wherever you find your podcasts. We'll be right there. We'll be there with more baseball and football metaphors to get through the rest of this season. Football metaphors. It'll be happening more and more often in September, too. (laughs) Yeah. And I I, I don't know what's going to happen in September. September's going to be fun doing this because there's going to be – you will be – so entrenched with football, and ev- then every once in a while, you're going to do a random baseball game. It's going to be like, yep. how about that? Hey, what's going on over here at PNC Park? I'm going to make my way over from Ecrisure Stadium to PNC Park. From where? From where? <laughs> no, from Ac- no, no, we're, <laughs> no, we're not saying it again on this episode, on this podcast ever again. I am from Pittsburgh, true and true. That is Heinz Field. That is Heinz Field. People are going to defend me on that one right there. Thank you so oh, much man. for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Heinz Field. <laughs> <laughs>